I want to thank them for leading us in worship and for being here before us today and what a blessing it is. And I know God is, is at movement, uh, moving amongst our midst. And um, I want to remind you once again of the CTLC offering later. Um, and we'll have the ushers by the exits uh, as, they, as, as we go. Um, well, it's the last Sunday of this year. Last Sunday of the year. And we come to the end of this year and... I just want to say, let's look back on this year and thank God with gratitude for what he has done. I mean, we will continue to look forward to, um, with faith and hope for what God has yet to accomplish through us. But I want to, I want to recall just a few things, if I might, uh, from this past year, and hopefully they will remind you of some things that have gone on. And... Um, in 2017, we saw 33 additions to our church family. Now, we had 11 of those that were, uh, came by a profession of faith. Basically, they professed their faith in Jesus Christ. We had 11 of those that came on a statement of their faith. And we had 11 of those that came... Um, in a transfer of their membership to become part of our body. So 33 additions to our church family. And we also participated and ministered and had the, the privilege of ministering each month to the least of these. And I mean that in the best possible way. Through Feed My Sheep. You know, being able to go each month and and help people who are less fortunate, that for whatever reason in their life they're at a place where they can't afford food or they can't, to, to be able to help feed them is a tremendous blessing. And I thank our church for being involved in that ministry. We also saw tremendous devastation and at least 77 fatalities of fellow Texans through Hurricane Harvey along the Texas Gulf Coast. And we had a tremendous opportunity to go and to send a team to go and help feed uh, those who were um, uh, put out of their homes by, by this hurricane. And, and we partnered with Texas Baptist Men in doing that. And I don't remember exactly how many meals they served, but a group from our church partnering with Texas Baptist Men uh, fed a bunch of people, like Several tens of thousands every day. And it was a, a tremendous blessing to see that. Also this year, we adopted an unreached, unengaged people group. The, the Laguru people in Tanzania. I mean, what a blessing that we are adopting a people group to pray for them so that they too might know Jesus the way we know Jesus. I think that's huge. We sent a, a mission team there in November to teach discipleship, to bring a couple of motorcycles to a couple of churches and their pastors so they can go and evangelize quickly on the mountain. We took hundreds of Bibles with us so that they could take those Bibles in their language to the people there. That's in Africa, folks. 
That's on another continent, on the other side of the globe. That's big stuff. We also commissioned the team to go to Kenya to encourage Rogers and Rachel uh, Kahindi, members of our church. Now, they, uh, they have that mission there, the Maisha Kamili, uh, ministering to, to orphans, helping them with their education. They came and shared with us in November about the wonderful plans that God has for them and, and, and the heart of the ministry there in Kenya and, and partnering with us and Texas Baptist men and the local folks there in Kenya to bring a well-drilling rig to there so they could have fresh water. Folks, we take a lot for granted. It is a joy to be able to partner with them and with the, the Texas Baptist men and with these entities to bring fresh water to folks who have no fresh water. We also sent children and youth to camp this year. What a blessing that was. Opportunities for them to draw near to God. And we realized salvations because of sending these young people to camp. In our midst, we had several that came to Christ that prayed to receive Christ. And what a blessing that is. I mean, we need to get behind that and continue that. What a, what a wonderful ministry that is. We ministered to the needs of our homebound members each week through our Wednesday meal delivery and visitation crew. Thank you for those of you who carry meals to our homebound members. Those who have served and been pillars in our church for so many years. And now they receive a meal and a visit from us. What a blessing that is to them. And to us. We had an incredible vacation Bible school. That reached out to so many families. And those families have come and become a part of our church. And they're a great blessing to us. <laughs> Thank you God for vacation Bible school. We hosted a great harvest fest in October. Impacting our neighbors seeing conservatively over 400 people come and enjoy fun and fellowship on our campus. To me, that's a great blessing. To know that God is at work and there's an open door in our community. They trust us. They trust us with what's most precious to them, their children. What a blessing that is. We've enjoyed a wonderful year with great fellowship and small group Bible studies through our connect groups. I mean, I've been tremendously blessed by my connect group. And if you're not involved in a connect group, you need to be involved in one this next year. We have several, and there'll be information coming out uh, right after the first of the year about those groups. And they're, they're forming, and you can get involved in them. What a great opportunity and way to connect with other people in our church body. You know, our Project University also has challenge groups. And they're going gangbusters. They've got three or four or five groups that meet and they've started two more. And so to me, it's just a, an explosion of, of small group Bible studies of people coming together and interacting with one another, not just at church, but outside. 
To me, that's, we are the church. And that's a blessing. We hosted two semesters of Good News Clubs at Ray Allen School just down the street with about 20 children praying to receive Christ as their Savior and Lord. I mean, the impact that we're having, not only in our community, but around the world, is astounding. Our senior adults, they met together for King-Agers. Woo-hoo! King-Agers. Each month, they met for fellowship and fun and spiritual nourishment and encouragement. Oh, we need ministries like that. We were even blessed uh, to, to be a blessing to a smaller membership church this month. First Baptist Church of Strawn. And through a youth mission, we took some of our youth and, and, and some of our leadership and we partnered with another church out of another group out of Norman, Oklahoma. And we went to be a blessing to another church in Strawn, Texas. What a great mission to be involved in kingdom work. We had a great Christmas program, Unfrozen, that many in our church participated in. To me, that's a beautiful thing when the church is the church. (laughs) I want to affirm everyone who took part in that. If you had even a tiny role in that, thank you. You know, it's amazing because (laughs) I also want to affirm the young people that gave such a clear presentation of the gospel in front of over 300 people. Could we, could you, could I do something like that? Give a clear presentation of the gospel in front of 300 people? See, we need to thank God for the things that He does in our midst. But so much of the time, we want, we want, we want. And if it's not done our way, we're not happy with it. But I want to tell you something. You're not in charge, and neither am I. He's in charge. And we work for Him. And He is free to use and do whatever He wants with us. He is sovereign. You know, I want to say, folks, we're doing something right. Because God is at work in our midst. This year, we licensed one minister to the gospel ministry. We also ordained another. We're sending out. What a blessing that is. But you see, what I'm trying to say is that we are the church. All week long. All year long. 365 24-7, we are the church. It's not just what we do on Sunday. I would say more importantly, it's what we do all the rest of the week. But folks, we're making a difference in the kingdom of God. As we look back at this year, it's tremendous. It's fabulous. There's a lot of things that we have done in effort for the kingdom of God. 
And I just want to say, you know, we have so many more volunteers that are faithful, that, that teach Sunday school, that are here on Wednesday evenings. They are teaching, they are leading, they are greeting, they are printing, they are sitting, they are walking, they are talking, they are inviting, they are in, they're recruiting, and they are winning souls. There's so much to all of it. You know, in addition, each one of us had many personal challenges and trials this past year in which God gave us the victory in. I mean, thank God for the great things He has done. I mean, if that doesn't move you, folks, our hearts are, are stony and cold because He is moving among us. We see unity. We see reaching out. We see sending out. We see people being about God's purposes. What a joy that is. And from my perspective, I couldn't be any prouder of the people of Memorial Baptist Church. You know, it's a good thing that other pastors don't always want to get in contact with me because they probably wouldn't get a word in edgewise. I'd be telling them all the wonderful things that God is doing. But among those, we're here. We're, we're taking our stand and we're doing what God has called us to do. I do have a scripture passage I want to share with you this morning. If you have your Bible, it's going to be in Acts chapter 28. In our scripture reading this morning, it, it portrays a significant moment in the life of Paul. And he has a, a life of significant success and service, both with failures, but also with tremendous success. But he's got this significant service that he's done all of his life. And it's not a life of perfect performance. We think that somehow if it's not perfect, that it doesn't count. But folks, God chooses to use broken vessels to accomplish his kingdom work. I love that. See, there were periods in Paul's life and experience in his life that could have caused him to go into deep discouragement and I want to say even depression. I mean, you think about this. He's trying to reach all of these churches. He's writing letters to them. He's going and visiting with them. He's been beaten. He's been kicked out of town. He's been shipwrecked. I like to call him danger man because he's been involved in so much stuff. He's been oppressed in other ways. There's people following him city to city and, and, and discrediting him in, in the public's eye. You know... He would have every reason to be discouraged, to be uh, de you know, despondent and, and in depression. He'd been imprisoned in Caesarea for about two years prior to this. And he had endured great difficulty from traveling from Caesarea to, to Rome, where he was to face Caesar's court and ultimately die. Acts 28, verse 11. 
and following, it says, At the end of three months, we set sail on an Alexandrian ship, which had wintered at the isle, excuse me, at the island, and which had the twin brothers for its figurehead. Let me stop right there real quick. Twin brothers, um, basically that was a pagan um, deity that they put on the front of their ship to protect it, to guide it. This twin brothers is where we talk about astrology and we talk about the zodiac signs, uh, a pagan ritual. I emphasize the word pagan. Gemini, twin brothers, Castor and Paulus. That's what he's talking about. They had that as their um, figurehead on their ship. Verse 12 says, After we put in at Syracuse, that's not New York, that's Italy, we stayed there, Sicily, we stayed there for three days, and from there we sailed around and arrived at Regium, and a day later a south wind sprang up, and on the second day we came to Patoli. There we found some brethren and were invited to stay with them for seven days, and thus we came to Rome. And the brethren, when they heard about us, came from there as far as the market of Appius and three inns to meet us. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. When we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. So we can be certain that at this time, Paul was exhausted in body. And at least at, least at this time, he was also probably troubled in his mind. When you think about going to face Caesar... This is Caesar, the ruler, the emperor of the the Roman Empire, who basically would have been in charge of the known world at the time, the most powerful person on earth. He's going to face him. We find Paul that in those moments of uncertainty, when he faced a new era, a new chapter in his life, God provided for him. And folks, when we face a new chapter in our life, God provides for us. He takes care of his own. Now, we read how when the believers in Rome, when they heard that Paul was coming, they went to meet him. They went immediately to meet him. And some of them traveled as far as 43 miles out. You think about this, the Apian Way, it was a station. You might, we might consider it, you know, they, they traveled by road. It was 145 miles from Patoli to Rome. And so Paul has this arduous, this hard journey ahead of him. And there's places to stop and rest along the way. There's called stations. Okay, so one of those was the, this Apian Forum. And the other was this place called the Three Inns or the Three Taverns. Okay, and it was a stopping off point, a resting point, if you will, a rest area. They traveled from these places to see Paul. I love this because it says some of them traveled as, as, as far as 43 miles 
to see Paul. You see, three years earlier, Paul had written the letter to the Romans. Three years earlier, he had written this letter to them to encourage them. And he wanted to come and, and, and be with them and talk with them and encourage them. But for whatever reason, three years had gone by. Now they recognize that Paul is coming, and so they go out to meet him. Some from 43 miles, some from 33 miles. But they're coming out to see Paul. And at the sight of these men, Paul thanked God, and he was encouraged. See, one of the most meaningful of all the little asides that you could find in Scripture is this phrase, and when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. I mean, it's a beautiful picture of what we call uh, Christian fellowship or koinonia, the sympathetic understanding and love of the people of God for one another, that fellowship that we enjoy together. See, and I would say to you this morning that the pattern of Paul's actions at this point, provides us with a plan for facing a new year. A plan for facing this coming year. See, I echo Dr. Todd Still, Dean of Truett Seminary. And this is what he recently wrote. He said, Allow me to call us to the humility of mind that is ours in Christ Jesus. Oh, we are a proud group, aren't we? We are a proud people. Allow me to call us to the humility of mind that is ours in Christ Jesus. Allow me also to challenge us to an integrity of heart that will enable us to seek and to see God. Those with a pure heart will see God. Additionally, here a call towards a curiosity and a generosity of spirit, willing to do unto others even as you would have others to do unto you. See, as individuals and as a church community or family, we've been grasped by God. We've been grasped by Him and and by the, the gospel and It is given new life. We've been given new life in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've been plunged into a watery grave. And we've been raised to walk in a newness of life with other believer priests. I like that. Because it means that we are a new creation. Old things are passed away. We are new creatures in Christ. See, one of the dearest and best things that any church group or a group of Christian people could do, one of the finest characteristics of any presentation of Christ that I have ever seen is just to be sweet. Just to be sweet to your neighbors. Just to to be kind and to be helpful and to be encouraging and to be interested And to be sympathetic and to be understanding. I mean, so often we make it all about us. 
You know, I heard of a little girl who came, to, came home from school one day and she said to her mother, she said, Mom, she said, the girl who sits across, me, across from me, across the aisle from me at school, she, she's so sad. When she came to school today, she just sat at her desk and she cried because her mother had died. And her mom asked her, she said, well, what did you say to her? And she said, I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. I just sat by her side at her desk, and I put my arm around her, and I cried too. Brothers and sisters, you can't improve on that. That's what the world needs to see, that's what they want to hear. Not your talking. They want to see your sweetness, your understanding, your compassion, your love. It's the best way that I know of to show our Christian, uh, what a Christian is to our neighbors. Is to be loving and sympathetic and kind. To be open hearted and understanding. But you see, to be cruel, to be caustic, to be... Carping and and critical is, of all things, hurtful. And it's sin. That's not why Jesus died. See, I could wish nothing better for our church and our people that we might be known for our kindness, for our sympathy, for our understanding, and our goodness to each other, And to all people. As I take away from this passage, I just look at it and and I see that Paul, when he saw them, he, he thanked God and he took courage. And I want to give you a few things really quickly to think about. I mean, we need to thank God this year. We need to take courage because God remains the same. I love that. You know, through Malachi, God spoke to the people and he said, For I, the Lord, do not change. For I, the Lord, do not change. In the book of, of Hebrews, the author there, he, he speaks of the unchanging of Christ as being the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, as we face the uncertainty and uncharted road of 2018, we can be certain That God has not changed His character, nor His purpose, nor His promises, nor His provisions. We serve a God that does not change. See, He is the solid rock in whom we can trust and stand upon. We can place our feet in the safety and security. When the storms of life beat us down, we can plant our feet on the rock and know that God will provide for us. That he will take care of us no matter what. The psalmist declared in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. See, individuals change. Families change. Businesses change. Nations change. Constant changes always present a threat. But in the midst of whatever threatens us, We can take courage 
and be strong in the faith that our God, who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ, will remain the same. I love that. I love that. My hope is built on nothing less. See, we also need to thank God and take courage because the Bible continues to nourish us. I mean, what if, what if we read the Bible and we didn't grow from it? That's just weird to me to even say that. You think about this. Psalm 119 is a hymn of praise and the benefits to come to those who delight themselves in the word of God. To those who let God's word speak to their deepest needs. Through his law, through his teachings, through his promises. And the Apostle Paul, he urged all believers that we would, that we would long for the spiritual milk. Excuse me, the Apostle Peter. It's in 1 Peter 2. He would long for spiritual milk. And that by it you may grow up in salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Oh man, I'm thankful that God's word nourishes us. See, during this past year, and in every past year, God's word speaks words of guidance to us. Words of comfort, words to help his people as we have feasted on his word. Through studying the Bible, we found guidance for our feet in times of uncertainty, and we found strength in times of our weaknesses. Oh, by meditating on God's Word, we have received ample warnings of impending danger. And by listening to the words of the Bible, we receive God's guidance concerning decisions that we need to make. Oh, how many times... Have I not known which way to go? And God's word gives me the answer. In times when I'm stressed, in times when I want to fear, I read God's word and it brings me comfort. In times of grief and sorrow, we find that encouragement in God's word. And we should thank God as we come to the end of this year for the benefits that have come to us through Bible study, through studying His Word. And I want to take that courage as we face the future because it's the Word of God that will continue to speak to us according to our individual, but also our corporate needs. And on the basis, get this, of God's great generosity. We serve a God of abundance. We've served a, we serve a God that doesn't want his children begging for bread. He takes care of his own. He blesses us. He gives us so much spiritual manna, so much spiritual food that we cannot take it all in. See, we need to thank God and take courage because the Holy Spirit continues the good work of God within us. I'm so thankful that God doesn't leave us where he finds us. <laughs> he takes us and he continues the good work that has begun. You know, one of the most precious promises that our Lord Jesus Christ ever gave us, <laughs> that it concerns the permanence of the Holy Spirit within us. I love this. It's in John 14. 
verse 16 and 17. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. I think Jesus' concept of forever and our concept of forever may be a little different. He says, I will give you that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. (laughs) What a tremendous gift. He gives us the Holy Spirit who will be with us forever. See, our Lord was contrasting the fact that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever versus His short time here on earth of, of, of you know, 33 years. But he was, he was with His disciples, but a short time. And He's saying, I'm going I'm to ask the Father. He's going to send you a helper and He will be, be with you forever. Wow. Jesus was going to depart, but the Holy Spirit was to come and be our abiding companion and counselor to be with us on a permanent basis, fulfilling the role that Jesus had for three years. I mean, thank God. Thank God and take courage that you have something that lasts forever from a, as a gift from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gives you the Holy Spirit who will be at work in us and will help us to know what God would have us to do. I don't have to have all the answers. It's already been determined. And He will let me know on a need-to-know basis. Because otherwise, I would become overwhelmed with it. See, thank God and take courage because the gospel continues to save those who trust Jesus. That's big stuff. What if the gospel didn't continue to save? What if, what if the gospel had an ending point? But the reality is, is we can thank God and we can take courage because the gospel is continuing to save those who trust Jesus. I love that. I mean, even as Paul faced these challenges of visiting the capital city of the Roman Empire, and he did so with the full confidence that the power of the gospel to save anyone who would put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was still as efficient then as it is today. It is so wonderful to know that. I mean, let's not fear any decrease in God's power that is in work in the preaching of the gospel in the pulpit. I mean, if you bring your neighbors, if you bring your friends, if you bring your family members to church, if you bring them to worship, they will hear the gospel message. God's power is not deficient. See, our power is deficient. For some reason, we think they don't want to hear it. The very thing they need to hear. If you bring people to worship with you, I will promise to preach the gospel. 
That's what we need. You see, we must trust God. We must trust God to help us to witness one-on-one with people. Our neighbors across the back fence. The people that we work with. As our dear friend Richard Guterron used to say, eyeball to eyeball. We need to witness to them. Telling them what God has done and what he is seeking to do through Jesus Christ. You see, God's still in the business of saving people. He's still in the business of saving people from the waste, from the ruin, from the disappointment of life without faith in Jesus Christ. And we can take courage from that as we respond to the truth that people can still be saved. I mean, thank God and take courage because God's invitations are still open. I'm glad we still have invitations open from God. You know, some people only see the Bible in terms of restrictions and probabilities. And others may see the Bible in terms of orders and commandments. But let's consider the Bible and the thousands of invitations that God extends to us. Do you know that Almighty God invites you into the throne room through prayer? That invitation is still open. You are invited into his throne room. He invites us to be a part of his family. I mean, one of the, one of the huge blessings that I thank God for is my church family. It's you all. The love of Christ that keeps me going. You see, when times are down, I get a text from somebody. When times don't look good, I get an email from somebody. I get a phone call from somebody. Such a blessing. As we reach out, He invites us to be in partnership with Him in His redemptive work. (laughs) We have the opportunity to partner with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I mean, let's discover and respond to the great invitations That he continues to offer us. And lastly. But it's not lastly. (laughs) I mean that in the best possible way. Thank God and take courage. Because the future belongs to the believers in Jesus Christ. I mean we follow a victorious leader. The one who has defeated Satan. The one who has defeated sin. The one who has defeated death. The one who has even defeated the grave. That's who we follow. I mean, Paul closes his his great resurrection chapter in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15 with a shout. And he says, thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful thing. The future belongs to the believers in Jesus Christ. See there are times when it seems as if the devil is on the throne. And that wickedness rules the universe. But we need to see with eyes of faith. 
we need to see that the decisive battle of history has already been fought and won. On a cross and in an empty tomb. He defeated it on the cross and he defeated it in the empty tomb. And we sing about that. And we talk about that. And folks, we need to thank God and we need to take courage. Because Jesus Christ lives again, we also will live again. Beyond the curtain of death. And that's really all it is. He split the veil. He tore the curtain so that we too can be raised to walk in new life. See, I want to tell you today that our God will come through. Always. He will always come through. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. He says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I mean, we have thanksgiving, we have gratitude, we have the opportunity to give thanks to God. And as we do that, let's take courage to face the future in this next year. My prayer for for us is this. May Memorial Baptist Church continue to be a seedbed that is both faithful to God and fruitful for the gospel and for His kingdom. That's my desire. That we would be faithful to Him, but also that we would be fruitful to Him and His kingdom. Because here we stand. And we can do no other. God help us. God help us.